0: the mark of the beast, the Antichrist, the lake of fire, the second death. These are images that flooded my adolescent mind alongside real life stories of pastors in Soviet prisons and mental institutions. This was all alongside the ever-present possibility of a nuclear holocaust. Fast forward to today, we have Russian hackers, disinformation campaigns, fake news, conspiracy theories, and to top it all, a global pandemic. Surely, the stage is set. I'm Paul White, and this is Apocalypse the book of revelation join me and my special guest and friend pete milner as we explore what god might be saying through this incredible book to us today hi everyone and welcome to another saunter and once again here we are looking at the incredible book of revelation i'm here with my great friend pete and i'm very glad he's here today Um, as we dive into some of the more intense chapters of this amazing book. So right now I'm going to pray. Lord, we thank you for this word. We thank you for the blessings that you promised to those who read it out loud. We thank you, Lord, that even today you want to say something from this scripture to us, every single one of us who are listening, who will ever listen to this podcast. So speak to us, Holy Spirit. And let us be submissive in our hearts to you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So here we go then, Pete. I'll read a bit and we'll comment. So now I watched... So we're in chapter 6, sorry, just in case you missed that (laughs) memo. Now I watched when the Lamb opened one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures say with a voice like thunder, Come. Shall I keep going? Yes. Verse ch- verse 7. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come, and I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and its rider's name was Death, and Hades followed him, and they were given authority over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword and with famine and with pestilence and by wild beasts of the earth. Whoa. we're not in kansas
1: anymore toto are (laughs) we (laughs) sure not no um this is definitely the point isn't it where um you've got a choice to make about how you see this because Mm -hmm. so far you know the the heavenly visions and the letters to the churches are things that i think in general most of the church would agree upon most of the things we've said but here is like the the seals are the literally the wax Mm -hmm. seals closing the document that the lamb was found worthy to open in in last session um he's cracking them open and each time he cracks it open something is happening something cosmic something that affects the earth and um this is the first of three kind of rounds of great disaster that sort of follow through don't they there's the seals and the trumpets and the balls that come in a very and similar And they don't sequence. get any better, do they? Well, they don't. No, there's a really interesting symmetry in them where you get the first four, which come sort of as a unit, and they, they look and relate to each other. Then you get two more where most of the real disaster is is contained. Then a bit of a pause, and then a final one, which sort of unveils the next set. Mm. So that's the system that we'll we'll sort of see. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about these four horsemen of the apocalypse? I mean have you heard what I what mean, do people yeah, say the about? The riders
0: of the apocalypse. I mean it's it's become a common like commonly used expression, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah. It's become part
1: of our kind of our cultural mythology, I guess. Mm-hmm. And and they're imagined as sort of riding in, and when they ride, they are the harbingers of the doom of the world, aren't they? They're sort of announcing the end of all things, and that's a a, a thing that the church has kind of used to think about them for a lot of centuries. You know, that's an old belief for us. Yeah,
0: I mean, so the first one comes, and there's possibly some kind of well, I'm sure there are lots of. Um, suggestions as to the identity of the rider Mm -hmm. um one of the notable things is he has a crown yep uh, but it's given to him and he came out conquering and i think one of the things that i notice, pete in this is constantly there's this kind of form of words where it says and it was given to them or he was permitted yes its rider was you know and it's like whatever's going on here Mm -hmm. this isn't just a a Course of events of no. history that's taken place—it's all known about yes. by and the Lamb as he breaks these seals open, and the givenness is to do with like delegated permission from God, presumably, to conduct this judgment on the earth. Yeah, I
1: I'm, I agree, and I think that that's part of a lot of people's kind of main theological beliefs or their sort of need to sort of start at the beginning with with God and theology is to start with God's sovereignty. Yeah. And that is the picture we're seeing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. This is a heavenly directive which then unfolds on the earth. Yeah. And it is by its very nature, conquest, bloodletting, disaster, you know, star striking. <laughs> it's all horrendous. Yeah. And it's it's in a way, it's an answer to a theological problem, which is if God is so sovereign, then why doesn't he do something about COVID or wow. Ukraine or something? You know, it's the, the persistent question that always vexes yeah. us. If he's great, Then why isn't he doing something? And if he can't do anything, then is he really so great? Yes. That's the tension, isn't it? But what we're seeing here is the lamb is undoubtedly great and worthy. And he's cracking open these things to um, sort of show a new reality in a way. And these four horsemen are sort of clattering in, they're galloping in, bringing these um, sort of great disasters. And you can see that they are thematic, aren't they? They are not just arbitrary we're talking about justice that's what the scales are we're talking about conquest and war aren't we we're talking about abstract concepts that that are realized in our everyday experience aren't they mm. and my kind of reading of it is that these are either fixed future realities that we're going to recognize when we get there yeah and we'll get to feel ever so smug about like oh look there it there is there it is i knew the it hail rider yeah. <laughs> or they are apocalyptically understood present realities right like justice like war like famine like conquest like disease these things that the church has always had to live with mm-hmm. and even though we're in the setting of the lamb having conquered and having overcome death and having established the kingdom of heaven on the earth these things still persist don't they yes and i think that one scheme of understanding this says that these are this is an apocalyptic understanding of something we all have to deal with sadly Yes, It'd be nicer if it was all well, over, but we're promised in a few chapters that one day it will be, which yeah, is a help. Yeah,
0: this is where we're going, isn't it? But in the meantime, there's a lot to be endured. Mm. And I mean, what do you make of these kind of percentages of the population? You know, that people would slay one another. I mean, that I guess is generic warfare, isn't it? Well, yeah. But then
1: it says a, you know, um, a quarter, yeah. a quarter of the people on the earth and well there's an interesting pattern that goes here because in the seals um the the affected people represent about a quarter of, of the people in right. the land as as far as the language is described when you comes to the trumpet judgments in chapter eight you'll see that the the key statistic is it will affect about a third of the yes. land and the people and then in the bowl judgments it's like okay everyone is affected you know the, mm. it's a sort of gradual intensifying and it, it sort of Helps us understand the the kind of sevenfold repetition. There's seven of these. We're talking about a quarter. Seven of those. We're talking about a third. Seven of these. We're talking about everybody. And the clear implication is that this is an intensifying and sort of um, growing. Yes. Sort of. You affliction. do get
0: that sense that the this is now the a gradual coming together, maybe even a speedy coming together of.
1: Disaster. Disasters and heartache. They're of a flavour that we know, aren't they? Yeah. Like, we've seen world wars and we've seen revolutions, we've seen injustice and famine and stuff. And clearly this is a a sort of hyper-realised version of it. Mm -hmm. So
0: then verse 9 is slightly different, isn't it? He says, When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. They cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and offend our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And then they were each given a white robe and told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete, who were to be killed as they themselves had been. And so we've got this these four very definite kind of judgments coming, or at least um, kind of tra- traumas coming on the earth as a result of the four, the first four seals, and then the fifth seal. It's all about like a cutaway, almost like in a movie yeah. or a documentary. We're going to cut away to the souls of mm-hmm. those who've been slain. So these are martyrs, aren't they? And yes. they're somehow. Under the altar of
1: God. Mm. So what does that tell us? What oh, do you think that's... I, I think in, in in the biggest sense, these are witnesses. Mm-hmm. So the four horsemen are witnesses to the evil and the, the pain and the degradation of, of the earth. The martyrs are here in heaven being witnesses. That's what the word martyr martyrs, literally means. Yeah. So they're being witnesses in heaven and saying, how long, O oh Lord, you need to bring justice and vengeance and, and recompense? And then in a minute, we're going to see how the the cosmos is itself a witness to Mm -hmm. this desire of of the fulfillment of the nations. But I think that one interesting question I have is um, to the people really who, who, um, Well, let me rephrase. Christianity is all about what happens when you die. Apparently, that's what people say. And for the life of me, I could not think that it was less clear in the bible that it's all about when we die well yeah i mean it's like paul let me ask you what happens when we die when you die what will happen well i'm going to go with the apostle paul all
0: right when he says to be absent from the body is to be present with the lord well that makes loads of sense and he was saying i'll i would rather go Mm -hmm. but for your sakes i.e his friends the church his mission i'll stay so he his heart is really to go and be with the lord to be with him forever but he knows that he's got a job to finish so really? he'll stay so i guess for me if I, that that to me is the simplest little scheme so, of
1: understanding so the lights will go off and then instantly go on and you will be with jesus and it will all be over kind of kind of yes but then at some point we'll have to do a judgment <laughs> yep, with a throne of course. and see in a great assembly yep. and witness the tossing into the lake of fire of the satan mm-hmm. and all the stuff and then there'll be a new heavens and a new earth. Yeah. Will that be different to the one you get to when you immediately wake up? Yeah. Will there be a great renewal or a millennium or a... Re- Do you see how... Yeah. Actually, Christianity has all of these symbols which are very difficult to understand. And
0: They're difficult to kind of merge together to make one
1: completely... Yes. watertight kind of theological statement, yeah. aren't they? I think as watertight as I can get it, and you must bear with me because this is not the authoritative kind of unfolding of the doctrine this is sure. life according to pete milner yeah. so i think that when we die we enter into rest the great rest the sort of mm-hmm. sabbath of our life. Okay. somehow the bible uses the terms in in the bosom of abraham or, yeah. or in paradise or in in with jesus with the lord you know mm. we'll be with him in some way and i think that these souls under the altar i think that's how we should see it you know, we are being kept and... They've and been gathered... Gathered up together. And nuzzled and given robes to wear. And they're being asked to patiently wait until the fulfilment of all things, when right. everybody will be judged altogether. Um, but that that our experience of that appears to be quite a good one. Yeah. And yet their continuing witness is, O oh Lord, avenge. O oh Lord, bring recompense. O oh Lord, demonstrate the truth of your justice. And... I don't know about you. I don't pray prayers like that that much. Do you? What avenge your yeah, yeah. avenge me. Well, not what really. happened to like turning the other cheek, and yeah. forgiving and stuff? I think that this is a real interesting thing that Revelation does. Is it sort of unifies the picture of God and of prayer and of prophecy um, with the Old Testament mm, much more fully? Yeah. You know, Jesus is an arresting and and immensely sort of disruptive in a good way introduction to god in a slightly different sort of um way we, we see him in a slightly different way don't we mm-hmm. uh, but you know lots of people say to me they say oh i, I like jesus and I'm the god of the new testament but i don't like the god of the old yeah. testament but revelation is the place where you can see the unity of it all
0: there is a real um reference point back isn't there to the blood of abel that mm. cries out for vengeance and yeah. god hears it and yet the blood of jesus says a better word and yet there's the souls of the dear ones who've been slain for their their for their witness witness entirely and Mm -hmm. you know they're they're saying god there's an unanswered cry that came out from our blood our innocent blood when it was shed onto the ground Mm -hmm. and that's a very old testament concept that isn't developed so much in the new testament perhaps
1: no i don't suppose it is but it it is there you know you can you can see it in hebrews you know you can see it in some of the things that jesus says and it's it's as if you know it is that same um discordance if you like between our earthly experience and the heavenly reality you know the heavenly reality is the supreme authority and perfect rule of god it's the End of suffering and mortality and illness and sin, it's it's the sort of total realization of all God is. But that includes the aspect of of divine justice, Mm. which we have been asked or instructed even to forego our right to while we live. Yeah. Because, right in the old testament, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. Leave it to me. Let me be the vengeant, let me be the judge. You're not supposed to be the judge, I'm the judge, and I will do a good job when i come to it but for now you're being asked to sort of suspend your need for justice you know guillotines and Mm. and um, you know the the gallows for all the evil people and all the evil things that have happened
0: yeah because they clearly um the voice clearly says to them you have to wait there's going to be some more joining
1: you sadly but you need (laughs) to wait and be patient yeah. yes i want to say something a little bit about that if that's yeah. okay some of the things i've read have been quite persuasive to say mm. that in english is almost unescapably necessary to make it sound like what they're being told to do is wait until the full number okay yeah in. yeah and in the greek that isn't as clear and right really what we're talking about is wait until the fulfillment of their witness is complete right. so i don't think it's right for us to get into like a pre-ordained kind of figure of of how many elect are are going to get in we're not really talking about that we're talking about the fullness of their witness having achieved everything reaching the fullness of the measure of the stature of christ yeah Yeah, yeah, that one yeah Yeah. that's the kind of thing so i want to resist the idea that there's a list and good little caution
0: there yeah (laughs) so verse 12 then it says when he opened the sixth seal
1: I think that if you are a person who looks at this text as a future reality, you're going to have to be forced to compromise on one of two things. So we know the kind of guys that wrote the the left behind series Mm -hmm. or the kind of guys who sort of are, are very careful to give each thing a sort of historical earthly parallel. What we're talking about is the stars falling from the sky, every mountain and island being removed, and the sky being rolled up like a blanket. Now, it doesn't seem to me that this all could happen more than once. No. You could could say the stars falling to the sky are maybe um, meteorites, and you could say that the, the mountains and the islands disappearing could be hyperbole. But that relies on you interpreting this in a very sort of uh, symbolic way doesn't yeah. it yeah which means that what it symbolizes then becomes the question yeah. so does this symbolize a literal future reality where the earth's going to be shattered by this incredibly kind of global earthquake mm. or is this another example of an apocalyptic view of a a cos, uh, a heavenly reality you know like i said we've got the four horsemen as the first witnesses riding in and, and testifying to injustice and um, to death murder killing war etc and you've got the heavenly witness of the martyrs who've been slain unfairly calling for justice and for the mm. recompense then you've got the cosmos sort of being its own witness to the horrors of of all the sort of natural order and in, in all of its sort of unfettered power and it's being shaken by this testimony of Mm. of the lamb and i love how the people who are worldly the rich the powerful and everyone else who's worldly where are they running to sort of yeah avail themselves running to hide in caves in the earth in the earth hide in the ground yeah hide under rocks hide in caves calling to the earth to say oh protect me wow there's an interesting little take on where we're at at the moment, isn't it? Well, it is interesting. And, and one thing that we all know about the wrath of lambs is that normally they can't be very wrathful, can they? No. <laughs> it is a complete oxymoron, isn't it? The yes. wrath of the lamb. Yes. Yeah. But um, that that is, in a way, the quintessence more... of Revelation's testimony, isn't it? This meek little slaughtered lamb is... The one who's now
0: bring in vengeance that no one can resist and utterly supreme
1: utterly supreme it's the same thing that paul writes in colossians you know that in everything you would have the supremacy this is lord of all creation able to shake it and and kind of bring to fullness all the forces of the earth into one elegant sweep there is a
0: certain kind of apocalyptic genre isn't there that you alluded to early on and some of the other apocalyptic writers and writings kind of make similar claims don't they the sky will be you know the the sky will be dark the term the the moon will become like blood stars falling from the heavens these are kind of things we've heard before aren't they they are
1: some of the other apocalyptic writings of the bible yes and um they they come out of jesus's own mouth don't they um i've I've made a little note for myself here to mention matthew 24 mark 13 and luke 21 which is where jesus is sort of kind of his ministry is coming to a a crowning head and everyone's like right tell us about the end that is nigh surely doomsday is upon us now Mm -hmm. and he says well in keeping with lots of things that they believe we're talking about war conquest rumors of wars mm-hmm. we're talking about um international strife we're talking about famines earthquakes we're talking about persecution for the church and we're talking about kind of cosmic mm-hmm. somebody used the word perturbations, which oh, i love wow. like being perturbed yeah. it's like the shaking of the skies the sun the darkening of the moon or the bloodening mm-hmm. of the moon and the silencing of the sun yeah these these are really really um you know they're supposed to evoke that whole response to Oh my goodness! You know the end is nigh. It's literally everything, everything, is, everything
0: is falling apart. Yeah, everything's coming crashing down. Yes. This whole thing that we've understood as our environment, our world, mm. our life, and yes. our kind of epoch of time—it seems that, that at this point of the wrath of the Lamb, mm. everything is coming tumbling it's down, splattered. Yes,
1: yeah. and and you wouldn't you wouldn't expect the day after this great splattering of things. For things to feel and look roughly normal, would you? No, you not at you all. know that yeah. this is a crescendo yeah. that's yeah. that's being met at this great moment of bone shattering um, kind of wrath that's being unveiled on creation. But equally speaking, it is using concepts that are constantly at hand, aren't they? Mm-hmm. You know the, the the disasters of of human life and the different kinds of ways in which we suffer these are familiar things i mean what what generation has ever had no wars or rumors yeah. of them you know what generation has never had any earthquakes famines persecutions these are continuously present realities that challenge our faith and they're like oh no god i mean if you're so great how can you allow this this thing to happen in in haiti or in ukraine or in the uk or whatever oppression it is that we've identified or kind of hostility that we've encountered the the reality is always a constant one a this won't last forever it will yeah. come a day when it will be rolled up and and moved on forever but b that our call as the church in yeah. the same way the calls to the seven churches earlier were is to endure to be faithful to be patient to endure like with with the <laughs> with the best grace you can muster mm-hmm. because one day it will all come away but maybe maybe that's not today i don't know he might do it today
0: yeah (laughs) wow so much we could talk about and zoom in on i just for me i'm trying to keep in the big picture because Mm. it's helpful i think yeah um but really interesting how we have this quite clear contrast and comparison between the witnesses who are under the altar and and they've been given white robes they've been told to rest a little while longer and there's something that a fullness of something has to happen, which is to do with the witness of their brothers and so on. And they're, like, in this place of unassailable safety. Yes. And yet, in stark contrast, we have the kings, the great ones, the generals, the rich and the powerful, and everyone else, Mm. slave and free. And they, however, are in the full gale of this cosmic storm of the wrath of the lamb, if you like, mm. and they're trying to find any piece of covering to hide themselves from it. And we have almost uh there's so many kind of echoes of Old Testament, New Testament. Yeah. That you've got Adam and Eve hiding in the bushes. The bushes aren't gonna hide them, are they? Yeah, the big <laughs> leaves, you know, and all the silliness of that. That but here we have these people who first listed are the movers and shakers and the great people the influential the Mm. influencers and leaders and yet they're all they're kind of in the same level as the slaves just try and find something to suffering is the great equalizer isn't it you can't buy your way out of it you can't
1: lengthen your life longer than a lifetime and um, we're all at the mercy of these um, these great realities which are horrifying and yet still part of and underneath the sovereignty of God. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the same God who loves us and gave his own life up to save us. The same lamb is the one who is at the at the crest of all of this, isn't it? Seated above it, mm-hmm. working through it. But his work is part judgment and part salvation. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very much the same offer, isn't it? Yes. Which will you have? Yes, it is. Which will you yeah. have? Because you can choose wrath if you want it, But it's going to be bad the whole time it's happening. Why would you want it? And in a way, all of us are subject to that great cosmic reality, aren't we? All of us suffer persecution and mortality and illness and things at some level. Mm -hmm. But there's also a a life and an eternal life that's on offer to anyone who will come from it. Taking refuge in the earth and its structures and systems doesn't seem like the way, does it, by the end of chapter six? No. So, saunterers, dear friends, anyone listening to
0: this who has not yet come and place themselves in the safe refuge of jesus himself the lamb of god the one who is the hiding place the place of safety but he also is the one who will judge the great and the small alike and who can stand Mm. in that day of his judgment and so the point is that the lamb has suffered so you and i wouldn't have to that's the good news of the gospel yes it is that's what pete and i are servants of that's Mm. what the apostle john was a servant of and we would love to just help you find that place of rest today Mm. so jesus i put my trust in you today for safety in the day when you come to judge the earth and lord i want to be one of those found in you safe and secure in your place of rest Thank you, Lord, that you suffered so that I don't have to. Amen. Amen. Have a great day, you guys.